The Business Animal Podcast is proudly sponsored by WP Engine, your resource for managed WordPress hosting, and Keep, the premier CRM software for small business. Head over to thebusinessanimal.com for the best deals on these two amazing products. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hey, Kim. <laughs> hey, Kara. So today we're going to talk about blogging. And before you flip off to the next podcast, stop for a moment. <laughs> I promise. Oh my gosh, stay with us, guys. <laughs> stay, don't run don't off. Don't run away. Don't run away from the blog. <laughs> Have you seen those TikToks, Kara, where, you know, the, the guy is like, don't run away from your Lord and Savior. <laughs> so we're going to be chasing you guys down today about blogging. Um, and why it's important and and why you need to take another look at this. Because I, I know a lot of people right now probably are thinking, why are they talking about blogging? Blogging is dead. Blogging is boring. Blogging is something that you want me to do this what every week? Oh my goodness. What do I need to do? Why do I need to do it? And, and I'll tell you, whenever I teach this topic in a class, a lot of times everybody shows up and they're less than excited about creating a blog. So stop that right now get excited. Blogging is great. Blogging is fun. <laughs> what a terrible attitude to have. <laughs> Blogging is amazing. Say it three times right now. I love blogging. I love blogging. I love blogging. Because the bottom line is, is that blogging does bring you business. And it's an important component of creating a serialized content program. Now, when I say blogging, I'm going to expand the term of a blog to be anything that's serialized content for you, because that's basically the concept of what a blog is. So if you record a YouTube show, if you have a podcast, if you are doing things on Instagram where you're doing, what do they call that? Carousels, like the carousel stories, or you're doing stories on Instagram every day, that is a form of blogging every so this whole concept around creating serialized content, and even though we're going to focus a lot today on what would be considered a more traditional blog, which would be a blog like on WordPress or Blogger or somewhere like that, there's a lot of expansion that you can take away from this episode around blogging because blogging is, like I said, basically anytime you're creating serialized content. LinkedIn has this whole thing about articles that you can write. So I, I don't care what social platform you're on. I don't care what kind of website you have. This is going to be about creating really cool content that you can utilize a lot. And doesn't that sound exciting? Doesn't that sound exciting, Kara? I'm just, I'm so excited right now. She's so not excited, so excited. right now. <laughs> but I'm also not someone. <laughs> well, okay. So this is the thing. True story. I don't love blogging. I don't love it. However, I have over time committed to it and I have seen a difference, a huge difference on what it does for my website alone. And the idea of having content that I can reuse over and over and over again in multiple different ways, which we've talked about on this show so many yeah. times. So if you're like me and you're not overly excited about the idea of blogging, I will tell you that what a little bit about what we want to talk about today is why you want to have a blog, even if you're not a big fan of blogging. And I'm not a big fan of blogging, but I've been able to figure out how to make it work and decided to commit to it. 
And when I did that and I started doing a blog routinely, my blog posts every Monday, I started immediately seeing SEO hits with Google just, you know, popping up everywhere. I could see the changes that were happening in my analytics. So if you guys are like me and you're not a fan of blogging or you're, you're like, I don't want to add something like this to my workload when I've got so much going on. This is one of those things that I think you want to give it a listen and give it a try and maybe commit to it for a little while. Watch your analytics and see what happens. Yeah. And I'm going to go a step further to say you need to commit to it for a long while. Blogging is a slow run marathon. It, it's going to take you not days, not weeks, not even months, but maybe even a year or more when you're doing it consistently to start to see results. And if you dodge out of it before then, you really are leaving something on the table with it. So first of all, let's start by defining what we're going to talk about as a blog. I've told you I'm already going to expand that to any kind of serialized content. And I want you to understand that blogs don't have to be written. I, I push up against that a lot when I tell a client they need to be looking at writing a blog or having a blog. I really probably need to change my language from writing to having because it doesn't have to be written content. It could be a video content. It could be audio. Technically what Karen and I do every week here on the business animal is technically a blog. <laughs> um, and it's a blog on WordPress. Each of the episodes, the show notes are blog entries so that we get the SEO benefit from them. So that's an important component for you to understand. It doesn't have to be a written piece of content every single week. The other things that I want you to know that it needs to have is it needs to be high value content. I have had clients come to me in the past with blogs that are what I consider low value content. They're either a random thought that is not cohesive into their business or it's some kind of special that they want to run. Or I had one guy and I'm going to admit he sold copy toner like he had a business where he sold copy toner. He sold what? Copy toner. Like the copier toner. Oh, copy toner. Like you put it in the copy, that black stuff that explodes all over like you. I was thinking like makeup. Yeah. <laughs> like makeup toner. No, I was thinking makeup. I was trying to picture this guy selling makeup. I mean, I'm sure he was good at it, but whatever. <laughs> no, it was the toner, the black powdery stuff you put into your copy machine. Okay. And got he it. wrote a weekly blog on copy toner. And it generally consisted of him talking about a specific product he sold and whatever the special it was. And it, I mean, he really didn't have many. So it like repeated <laughs> over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, oh my, how on earth am I going to help this guy create a serialized blog? But we did it. We started to look at maybe a little bit of guests from something that had more interest to people who would own a copy machine, which are generally businesses. And so there's ways that you can expand this, but you've got to make it high value because if it's low value, it's not worth your effort because nobody is going to tune into it, not even Google. And they kind of have to if you tell them that they need to index the page. So we want to make sure it has some type of high value content to it. To be high value content, that means it should create a small victory or an awareness in the person reading it, or it should have a call to action. That's what I mean by that. It doesn't have to be an earth shattering, I'm going to change the world every single week type of deal, but it should create some type of an awareness, small victory, or have a call to action associated with it that 
benefits your business. It does need to be serialized. Weekly is best, but if you can't wrap your head around doing it weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, quarterly, kind of whatever you can commit to doing on a regular basis is good. And finally, whatever you produce does need to be promoted. It can't just exist in a vacuum on your website because most blogs are that way. They're, they're published on a website, even if they're video or audio or visual. A lot of times people will put them on a website and then they don't tell anybody that they're there. People come to your website to either get information or to check you out. And so that's not like they frequently like have a website list that they visit every single day. And it's not like a store where you drive by it and you have this sort of visual reminder of something in the real physical world. So you do need to promote it. You need to put it out in places where people are going to see it on social media. You need to talk about it. You need to email people and so on and so forth. So Kira, do you have any questions further or things that you think I've missed around what a blog is and kind of what we're talking about today? Well, I would just remind people that what we're talking about today is like, you want to have a blog, we're going to give you guys few things in our big three, but just remind you that you're going to do this work to write this blog. And there are so many ways that you can use it. And we can refer you back to some of those episodes where we've talked about that. So if you can try to think of it as a task that is going to pay you over and over and over again with the content that you're creating, that makes it feel better for me. You know, when I'm putting a blog post together, or I'm working with my copywriter to help me create a blog post, one of the things that I always focus on is let's put this blog together. But let's remember that I'm going to be breaking this content down and putting it all over the place in little small bite-sized pieces and using it over and over and over again. So for those of you that are like me and you just are, you know, you don't love blogging, I would just say, think about the fact that when you create this, you're going to be able to use it all over the place and it's going to be giving you content everywhere else where you're having to work to create content. Yep. And it's going to generate revenue for you. And like Kara mentioned, we've done episodes on how to break down a a big piece of content into baby contents that you can use. We have also covered another episode, which would be beneficial to this one. And it's highly entertaining on top of it all is batching. So a great way to create the (laughs) create them. If you haven't listened to our batching episode, it is definitely a must listen, especially as the episode proceeds. (laughs) So, um, but anyway, if you batch it, it makes it a whole lot less painful. And also, I think we have talked about creating a social calendar, like looking at what you're going to be doing, the seasonality of your business and that kind of thing and how to break it down. And Kira's looking at me like I've lost my mind. So that may be a class that I taught somewhere and just have attributed it to the podcast. I can't remember. Uh, if it is, that'll be a subject we will be talking about <laughs> in the near future. We're like 40 to... episodes or more in right now in terms of recording. I honestly have no idea what we talked about. So <laughs> I remember At some of the episodes, point... but they're all starting to run together. <laughs> so um, yeah, if you haven't heard that, you will be hearing about it in the future because uh, that's, a, that's something I do love to talk about. So Kira, you want to run our big three and let's get on to, to talking about those so we can give some good solid advice on how to uh, make your blogging life better. Okay, we're here to convince you guys why you need a blog for your animal pet or your equine based business. Okay, so our big three this week is number one, Google SEO loves blogs because they are serial content. Number two, blogs are anchor content for your social media. And number three, strategize your blog to success by getting all about the details. Now, what do these things mean? 
you know, let's get through it together now. <laughs> okay. So number one is the Google um, SEO component of things. And Google loves blogs for a couple of reasons. One, blogs are content heavy. They have information in them. And that's what users want is they want information. Do not ever fool yourself into thinking that Google likes businesses because they buy advertising. Google likes businesses because they create content and that serves Google's population of customers, which are users looking for content. So Google's entire world is focused on supplying information to people who want it. When you create a blog, you're supplying information to people who want it. And that is what Google is after. And so it definitely rewards you for that. Another thing Google loves is it loves fresh content because their users like fresh content. If you don't believe me, Google something and I bet you watch the dates as much as I do. I look at the date the article was written and or published and if it was a five years ago, if it's a topic that I think is okay for that, like a lot of business stuff, it's all right. But if it's something more timely, then I'm going to read it according to what date that was published, right? So even if you're repeating things similarly every year, people are going to want to read the fresher content. Google knows this, and so it gives priority to that fresher content. It really helps Google send the right people to your website because when you're writing this, and remember we're creating that value by creating a small victory or an awareness or a call to action in our target market, then Google is like, oh, that's who they're after. And that'll be a perfect fit. So think of Google as a great matchmaker, right? Even far better than the Yellow Pages ever was. Google is Yellow Pages level 25. I mean, it's amazing because it does match make you with the perfect business based upon a lot of things that you may not even consider. And trust me, your business blog is considered in how Google sends you out to the searcher. So those are all really important components of understanding how your blog fits into the Google SEO or search engine optimization picture. Well, your blog should be, you know, they're going to be written for your customer so that they can help connect you to your intended audience. So if you're writing them and we'll, we're going to do some other episodes around blogging at some point that we'll go into more detail of like the specifics of how to's, but if you're writing to your audience, then you're going to be answering questions that your audience is going to find that is going to be needing that they're going to be looking for answers to. And Google is then going to be able to have a way to connect your audience to you because you're putting content out into the Google as Kim likes to call it. You're putting content out <laughs> that there was an accident. that <laughs> is going to be coming up in the search. And like Kim said, Google is not for the business. They're there for their audience and they're there to answer the questions of people that are spending time on their site. So if they have a place to connect them to, then they're going to be able to send them that way. But then the next step is how do they determine that you're a reputable site, that you're a trusted site, and that you're answering questions is going to be determined by the amount of content that you have and how long you're able to keep people on that page. So I like to think about my blog posts and I think, okay, I'm going to create this post and I'm going to link to another post. And the more time that I can get people to spend on my website, you know, enjoying my content will help Google see my website as helpful. And then you're going to start, that's when you're going to start ranking higher on the search engine because you're going to be seen as helpful in Google's eyes to their audience. 
Are you looking to bring awareness to your equine-based product or service, or create a unique way for your audience to feel connected to your brand? Quality Horse Photos tell your story and breathe life into your marketing. They draw your customers in and create an emotional connection. Powerful images communicate your core values and highlight the benefits your product offers, ultimately proving your business is a voice your customers can trust. It's time to use dynamic images that define your small business and separate you from the rest of the herd. Fast Horse Photography's professional photo library features thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 100% of those images are horse-related. Now, finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and marketing needs is easier than ever. Help your audience see that your brand offers the answers they are looking for. Search for the perfect images for your equine business right now. Spur your customers into action with FastHorsePhotography.com. That's FastHorsePhotography.com. Yes, Google rewards good business citizenship. And I love that you mentioned that. So Google records a statistic that you guys may or may not understand. It's called dwell time and bounce rate. Dwell time and bounce rate are really associated with each other. And if you have Google Analytics, Google Analytics will tell you how your website is performing in both bounce rate and dwell time. Those are two ways that Google knows that whatever it is that they're indexing and telling people to go see is actually what those people want to see. Because once they leave Google, Google kind of tracks how long do they spend on your website? Do they go right to the website and then bounce off of it because they didn't get what they wanted? Or do they go there and they dwell for a little while and stay on your site? And if they stay even for a matter of a very short period of time, 15, 20 seconds even, that's a positive sign to Google that that person clicked on something that made sense to them and that that site is reputable and they'll keep sending more. This is why we don't want to do inane blogging. We want to focus our blogging on topics that are going to be really important to our target customers. We want to address things that do those small victories, awarenesses, and calls to action because those will keep people kind of on the page for a period of time. And I think it's a huge misconception that people have that Google sends people to your homepage. Your homepage is generally a very overviewish part of your business. It's not highly specific. People who search, search for specific things. And your blog posts and the interior pages of your website, but almost exclusively your blog posts, have that detailed information and the specific information that searchers are looking for. So to believe that fallacy that people are finding your website homepage first is really wrong. They are finding those interior pages, which means that your blog serves as the entry point into your business for a lot of people when they come from Google. Absolutely. I think you kind of moved us into big three, number three, when you moved into that. But one of the things that I think is really important here that I have found the most valuable is you can't put everything on your homepage that you need to say to your customer. You can't put all of those keywords on your homepage. It would be a jumbled mess of 
messiness that no one would want to spend any time on, right? But your blog posts are a way for you to get those other important terms that are in your industry, those other things that people might be searching for to answer those other questions that they might be searching for so that when they're asking those questions, Google has a place to send them. So I find when I go and look at my analytics that most of the time when people are finding my webpage, they're finding it through a blog post. I wouldn't say 100% of the time, but pretty close to that because they're searching for things that I've mentioned in my blog post, but are totally inappropriate to go on the front page of my website. Absolutely. Generally, when people find the homepage of your website, the search that they do in Google includes your business name. That's how they land on your homepage. If they're coming in through a side door via a topic, which is what content marketing, and that's basically what we're talking about today. All of this falls under content marketing. That's what content marketing is designed to do. It's called inbound marketing. And inbound marketing leaves bait in places that people will follow back to your business. It's kind of like the, what is that story? The Hansel and Gretel, like they they leave breadcrumbs to find their way around in the woods. That's what you're doing is you're leaving breadcrumbs to find your way around. <laughs> so there's your crazy cam metaphor for this episode. Well, we're recording this right before <laughs> Halloween. So I feel like that's pretty appropriate right now. So good job. Way to, way to bring in some festivities to the episode. <laughs> Leave them the breadcrumbs, but don't cook the clients. Um, okay. So all of that aside, where do you find good things to write about for your blog? Go to Google and type in some specific things that your customers want to know more about, your target market is interested in. And you can start one place and believe me, you can drive down a great number of rabbit holes once you type in one thing. Google has a couple of places that are really good to help bloggers come up with appropriate topics for writing blogs that serve the purpose of expanding their SEO reach. And that's under people also ask. (laughs) So there's a whole thing and there's little questions and kind of the holy grail of being a good blogger and being a good at SEO is to get your answer in that list. In other words, for whatever question that is, to have your page have the authority to be the responding page on there. And that takes some work and a lot of blogging. But it's a great place for those of you who are starting out in blogging and are like, I don't know what to write. Because if you just look at that and click on a couple of those topics, that list is like, it expands infinitely. And you can find all kinds of great topics to write a blog about. So I did a quick Google search on blog category suggestions. And the people also ask is what category should I have on my blog? Do I need categories on my blog? What are some popular blog topics? How do I create a blog category? What business category is a blog? How do I categorize my WordPress blog posts? All of those are things that if I were selling copywriting for blogs or I was involved in blog consultation, those are all things as a business owner in that particular business that I would want to answer. You can do other searches related to how do I keep my dog from getting mats? 
let's let's do that one real quick. So that one comes up and there's how do you fix a matted dog? If you're a dog groomer, that's a good blog post. Will conditioner help a matted dog hair? There's another one. Do mats infer hurt dogs? How do I keep my dogs from matting? And when I click on it, will coconut oil detangle dog hair? How does my dog's hair keep matting? So I mean, it's an endless source of really interesting topics that you can write blog posts around. And again, you don't have to worry about them being a little bit on the repetitive side. You do a few of these searches, you'll have enough blog content to last you quite a while. And it is the targeted content that your customers want. Answer the question in a way that creates a small victory, gives them awareness, or has a call to action back to your business. I'm going to keep repeating that so everyone understands it. So I think we're ready to move on to big three number two, that blogs are anchor content for your social media. So many times I hear people complain, I just do not have time to do all this social media stuff. How do you come up with social media? How do you keep filling a news feed? And honestly, your blog is a great way to do it because if you've done it well and you've created that small victory, awareness, or call to action, then you can create little snippets out of whatever you created for the bigger content and share it on social media and get people to come back to the bigger piece of content. And that's really the sane way to do social media, don't you think, Kara? Absolutely. I just did a blog post on how to choose the ultimate marketing image for all your equine and animal-based business needs. And I was able to stretch that blog post over a whole week's worth of social media content. And each one of those posts was directing people back to the blog post for more information. And I'll be honest, I got a ton of great feedback from it because I've already pre-written it. It's speaking to my audience. And then for anyone who wants to go back and read more, it's there for them. So I have definitely, you know, that's definitely moved me into loving blogs more. And when I realized that I could reuse that content that way over and over again for my social media, because I am big on social media, like I like to spend some time there. And I like to post every day and be really regular about it. But then I struggle with the content, right? And keeping my message aligned. So having all of my outlets kind of supporting that same message is really helpful. Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E business.com. See you there. Yeah. And it also delivers a cohesive message to your followers, right? Because they're really able to, to connect with it. You know, you've got to remember in marketing messages, it takes a lot of impressions for somebody to actually get the point. So having something that is repetitive over and over again, you're not annoying people. You may be annoying yourself, but you're not annoying people out there because they're not coming into contact with every single one of those messages. And 
and they also have to have the repetition. So you've got to produce a lot of quantity of messaging in order to get the quality of realization from the person on the other end. And this really helps with that because it reduces the amount of time and effort that it takes to do the repetition for your social media channels that you probably need to be doing in order to get your message across to who you want to reach. So it's really important. And you can pull like... For social media, you can take whatever format you've created your blog in. If it's written, you can add visuals with it and kind of up-level yourself that way. You could read it into audio cast of some kind. Social media channels are getting much more expansive when it comes to audio and video. You don't always have to keep it in the same original format that you started in. You can change the format up and you may reach some new people when you do that. So details in your blog. As we already kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, those details, answering very specific questions or talking about very specific topics, especially things that people would be searching for in Google, is really important. And I gave you a little technique to be able to kind of suss out how that might work for your particular target market by looking on an actual Google search. I forgot to mention when I said that, there's another place that you can go on the same search page that will help you, and that is a topic called called related searches. So Google keeps track really well of what everyone is searching for and then what people search for next. So those are always really great. So my matted dog question, some of the related searches were, they're back to the coconut oil. Coconut oil solves everything. I know we have a listener right now who is dying laughing in her car because she has a coconut oil um, obsession. Okay, so home remedies for matted dog hair severely matted dog paws. I mean, there's just, there's like tons of, of information. And if you click on one of those, it's the Russian nesting doll of Google. Uh, 20 more of them pop up that you can kind of explore and go down. Those kind of detailed questions and the answers to those detailed questions are the way that you get across your information, both to the search engine and by posing it in different ways and answering that very specific specifically, you also will reach people who think a little differently than the next person, right? We don't always all have the same thought all the time. Life would be super boring if we did. So using those details is really important. And thinking about them when you're writing them into your blog is really important. So I hear some of you proactively asking the question, well, if that's the case, Kim, how long should our blogs be? Because <laughs> that's a common question I get from clients. Anywhere over 300 words, I don't think a blog under 300 words is enough content to really get noticed by search engines or to be meaningful for people reading it. I like to write really long blog posts. I write fewer of them and really long ones. Mine are generally 1500 words minimum. Where's your word count out, Kara? Well, I have a different, co- I have a couple of different types of blogs, but for my informative blogs, over 1500. And I did read in terms of dwell time, which you mentioned up above, that they recommend as many as like 2000 words to keep people on the page and engaged for the dwell time. So I think that you're probably right on if you're saying over 1500 for your informative blogs. 
Yeah. It doesn't mean, though, that every blog you write has to be that long. Dwell time is really important that it be a little bit longer. Other things that affect a dwell time are things that people can do on the screen. So like if you have a little embedded quiz or a video that they watch on that screen, that kind of counts for dwell time. It's however long they stay on that page. So there are some things that you can do there to expand that particular analytic measurement. Another thing that's in Kara's notes here is backlinks, which is also really important to these detail components. So another thing that Google does is because Google is a search engine that serves users and users are looking for information and information that takes users to other information or is referenced by other information is usually more credible than things that don't have either links that go on to somewhere else or links from somewhere else that come back to it as a reference. Those things are called backlinks. The backlink is specifically the one where it is referenced on another website and that URL is referenced in somebody else's blog or somebody else's website or somewhere like that. It doesn't have to be a blog post. It could be anywhere that it's referenced. Backlinks are very important inside of Google because they give your site credibility. And when Google, you have to remember, it's like Google is like God or something some days. It's like all seeing, all binging, all omnipresent sort of thing. It can see a lot more than you're really aware of. And so it has ideas of how how well referenced your site is. So particularly if you can get other people to provide you links, and then if you will do the favor of providing links to other people, both of those things are positive SEO experiences and Google weights them in its 200 plus factors of where your page gets returned when somebody types in a query that would be appropriate for your page to be returned by. Well, I was just going to ask, since you're talking about backlinks, what about when, and, and you may not know the answer to this, but and I don't know the answer to it, but I often do, will do backlinks on my own website, like referring people to other blog posts to answer for more details or to other parts of my website. Is that weighted at all that you know of? I don't think it's weighted because it's on the same URL. I think when you send people off of the URL, that is more important. The The truth of the matter is from a customer service perspective, what you're doing is integral. I don't know if it's making Google exceptionally happy because Google is going to look at the URL that it's being sent to and say, hey, it's referencing the same website, but maybe a different page. But from your customer's perspective, being able to find more information or the next step or a better foundation is just damn good customer service, right? That's basically all of this stuff that we do when we do content marketing. It's really service. It's standing in service. And then because we are in service, our customers respect us and then purchase things from us. And when you provide other links, it just is smart because it keeps people on your site longer and it sets you up as a better authority, which is what all of this stuff is building toward, right? So I think it's highly important. Whether or not how Google particularly looks at that is probably, I don't know. We would have to do some research on that. Hey, here's an idea. I'll find the answer to that question and I'll post it. Kara will post it. I won't. Kara will post it on our social media. 
So that'll give you an incentive to come join us over. That's a great yeah, idea. I will answer that. I'll find the answer and Kara will post it on um, Instagram and Facebook. So come follow us on those things at The Business Animal and uh, you'll find the answer to that because that'll take a little bit of research. But as far as backlinks are concerned, they are important and they're key to your reputation with Google. I don't think there's a person alive. I'm sometimes questioned whether even the people at Google know exactly what all those factors are that the algorithm uses to determine who gets returned in the search results where. But I can tell you some of those things that we've talked about today, the backlinks, the answering the common questions, really good using of, of keyword phrases inside of your blogs, not keywords, but phrases, keyword phrases. People don't search for a word, they search for a phrase using those inside your blogs, those are integral. Long tail keywords, I think is what they call them. Tails. They have tails. They have short tail keywords, which is three keywords or less, and long tail keywords, which is three keywords or more. I follow a really good SEO podcast, which we can refer to. It is, let me find it here real quick. It is, she's really great. She's English and she's a crack up. You will enjoy listening to her as much as I do. The Recipe for SEO Success Podcast. <laughs> and um, the lady is Kate Toon. And uh, so look for the Recipe for SEO Success Podcast. And she like makes SEO not only entertaining, she makes it really understandable. So listen to her podcast for some good information. And if you're American, her accent is awesome. Can really enjoy the English accent. Awesome. Well, we can link to her in the show notes then for this episode for folks that want to dig deeper. That, that would be a great idea. Didn't mean to get too far off, but blogging and SEO are married to each other. I mean, that's really a lot of what this is about. And if you have a goal of improving your SEO, having a blog is a really good good thing to do. All right, let's review our big three. You want to take that away, Kara? Okay, you guys. So today we talked about how the Google loves blogs because they're serial content and that blogs are really anchor content for your social media as well. And then finally, you've got to strategize your blog to success by getting all of the details. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. We definitely are going to be planning some more broken down detailed episodes around blogging in the future. Got some good ideas just from our conversation today. And um, we'd love to hear what you guys think over on social media. So please stop by our Instagram and our Facebook. Just let us know that you listened. We'd love to know. And then also, if you guys haven't already, one of the things that would really help us out is if you would go onto your listening, wherever you like to listen, and give us a beautiful rating. Um, if it's a star, give us the five stars. If it's a point system, give us the high points. We would love that. And then if you have a moment to just leave a few words, um, letting us know that you're listening and that you enjoy the show. We'd really appreciate it. Believe it or not, that type of thing really helps us get found by other animal-based business owners out there. And we would love to, to have you guys do that. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, Keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.